It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to I Am the Future with Lady Fontaine, co-hosts Dr. Jean Cirillo, Julie Zellman, and Frank Todaro. This is I Am the Future. Thank you, Frank. This is Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean Cirillo. And we're here to answer all your questions on love, life, career, and whatever is on your mind. So give us a call at 646-381-4141. Later tonight, we have a very special guest. He's up-and-coming boxing great, Omar Henry. He'll be right here with us later in the show, so stay tuned. And um, later in the show, hopefully, Dr. Cirillo and I will have time to take your calls. We want to hear from you. The switchboard is already lighting up, so give us a call at 646-381-4141. Before we get going tonight, I just want to uh, clarify one thing that I had said last week. Frank, when you were asking me some questions about are there ever times that I don't, you know, divulge information to a client, um, I was making a point, and I don't think I really made a good point, or I didn't make the point that I really wanted to make. And that truly was that in that one particular reading that I was that I was talking about, um, I got very specific information from this person, you know, just reading their energy almost the second that, you know, I was on the phone with them, and I didn't follow my gut. Um, you know, I had the information, and then by the middle of the reading, she sort of disclosed some things to me, and it, you know, I said to myself, darn it, you know, why didn't I just say what I felt? Um, because I feel it would have been a better reading. So uh, what I was really trying to say is that it truly is the best. If I'm getting information from spirit, then spirit wants me to deliver a message, and I didn't listen to my gut the other, you know, the other day when I had done that reading, um, and that was, you know, poo-poo on me because I should have, and it, it perhaps could have been a more, you know, robust reading for the person because I would have nailed, you know, the thing that she was calling me about, you know, immediately. So to answer your question this week, I want to say that um, if it's sensitive information, um, I think it becomes a matter of delivery. But if I am getting something, I do feel it is spirit that wants me to deliver a particular message, so I will. I mean, that's, that seems to be an across-the-board sort of constant. Usually your first choice is the correct choice. Don't mm-hmm. second-guess yourself. So where, where we talked in the past on the show about how there's really not too much of a differentiation between intuition and psychic ability. They're just different grades or levels of the uh, – of the same muscle flexing, right? Mm-hmm. I it mean, is basically it's, it's, the same thing. Exactly, exactly. If you have door, door number one, then 
to door number five in front of you, and you just first impulse is probably the right choice. So the same, the same, I guess. Would well, go I think I think also spirit doesn't give you the information until the person's ready to hear it, and your higher level judgment might have been saying, "I can't tell this person. I can't say it on the radio. It's too sensitive. It'll upset them." But spirit wouldn't have given it to you if if uh, it wasn't supposed to be told to them at that moment. So right. That's exactly. What you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. And you know, I actually put this all together after Frank asked me that question because it made me realize that that information would not have been coming for you know forth to me if that person wasn't at the at the point where I was supposed to deliver the message to them. So um, that that's what I was, you know, trying to sort of convey, and and I think it's really important because again, if I'm getting information, it's not for me that spirit is providing the information and my guides, it's for them. So it just becomes a matter of delivery. But guys, I need to talk to you about this because I had the most unusual event occur yesterday. And I, it's such a mystery, I can't figure this out. And I know you guys are going to think that what I'm telling you didn't happen the way I'm telling you, but it did. Um, all right, you ready for this? Can't wait. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right, so what happened was I've been wanting to get some files off of um, a hard drive that I have that's in an old PC. And the PC wasn't working. I had video card issues. I had a lot of other things going on with the PC. So I said, I'm not going to fix that. I've had a, you know, an iMac for a couple of years now, and I basically use that. But I wanted the files off of the other, you know, the other hard drive. So um, I found out there's this like USB cable that you could connect somehow to the hard drive, and you know, blah 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 blah, and it's supposed to work. And it just happened to say on there that it supported. The one of you know the first name that it even said it supported was the kind of hard drive I had. So I thought, oh, for sure this is going to be a piece of cake. So it comes yesterday. I had ordered it online, and it came yesterday. And I looked at the all the the installation instructions, and everything was very simplistic. I mean, basically you connect your your uh, power adapter to power. And then you attach it to, you know, another cable, and then that cable goes into your hard drive. I mean, it's simple. And then, then that also has another thing that goes into the USB port. So in any event, I connect everything up, and I plug it into the power surge. My setup here is that I have a desk, and I have a computer, and I have a printer, and I have a power uh, a surge protector. Um, and that's all that's here. I mean, the, the this particular desk that I was working at, is sort of like in the middle of the room and there's no other there's no outlets nearby or anything like that there's just the power the surge protector so in any event you know I'm plugging it in and I'm I, it's not appearing it says that the the somehow something will appear on your desktop and nothing's appearing on my desktop so I look at the troubleshooting stuff it says just keep on unplugging and replug plugging it and you know re you know unplug everything and then replug it turn everything off you know going through the whole routine so I do this three or four or five times still doesn't work so then I figure okay I'm going to call customer service so I call their their uh, tech support line and I get this guy on the phone so he walks me through unplugging everything just like I had done before and I did that and then he says okay well unplug everything again and let's just power up your hard drive and you know he tells me what to do and then he goes well you should hear it spinning and I go I don't hear a thing so then he says well put your hand on the hard drive and I said uh, I don't feel a thing 
And he goes, well, then that's probably your problem. Your hard drive is dead. And I go, there's no way. I said, I know that this hard drive works. So then I'm, I said, okay, well, let me unplug it from the, the outlet that I have it in, in the surge protector and put it into another outlet. And again, there's two plugs at, this, at that time in the surge protector. One was for my printer and one was for my computer. And I unplug it, and then I plug it into another outlet. And I'm looking at the surge protector, and I say to, say to the guy on the phone, I go, you know, it looks like my surge protector isn't on. So then I go back and I look at my computer, and I go, but my computer is on, and I see that the computer is connected to the surge protector. So then I said, well, I'm going to flip the switch here. Either I'm going to, you know, lose the connection on, you know, my, my, uh, my Mac will power off or something, so I turn, I flip the switch on the power surge, and the light comes on immediately on the hard drive connector thing that I rigged up. And my PC was, my Mac was already on, so it just stayed on. But I can't figure out what was powering my my Mac because it was connected to yeah. a power surge that was turned off. <laughs> exactly. And the guy on the phone is like going, what? And I go, and I said, look, I'm tracing the cable. There's two things connected. One is my, my Mac and the other is, a, is the, uh, the printer. And I didn't even look to see if the printer was on. But I said, I figured the, the surge protector was on because my computer's on and it's working. And the guy Maybe there was a little surge left in it, you think, as a skeptic? Well, I, I mean, I, this, I didn't turn it off. I don't have any recollection of turning it off. So I don't know how long it was off for. It could not, I mean, it wasn't like throughout this process of me rebooting and turning everything off that I turned the power surge off. I don't, I don't, I don't have any recollection of doing that. And I, I, all I remember was unplugging it, I mean, unplugging the outlet that the, um, the adapter was connected to and putting it into another outlet on the power surge. I didn't physically turn the power surge on or off. So it could have been off for days. I don't know how long it was off. I don't remember the last time I moved things around here or, you know, probably when I was dusting or something, I probably flipped the switch. So theoretically it could have been running for days um, on on a power surge that was shut off, and I can't figure it out. Uh, Frank? I always turn to Frank for these kinds of answers. I don't know why. <laughs> the one. Okay. Uh, that maybe just something means the, uh, the reptiloids of... are on to you. That's exactly. I don't know. I mean, it's so is. bizarre. I, and even the guy said to me, if you figure that out, you know, let me know. I mean, he couldn't believe it because he could hear by my voice that I was like, huh? <laughs> How could this possibly be happening? Well, I've actually I've had a similar story. I had a, a uh, I think I told you this before in the past, Lady Fontaine. Uh, I had a, a set of speakers at work that randomly started playing music. That not only were they not plugged into the computer, but they weren't plugged into the wall at all for mm. the power source. There was absolutely there was the adapter wasn't connected. So and there's no batteries. And they start just randomly started playing Beatles songs. And oh my God! No. Free, Everyone on the floor actually came by. It was very low, but if you held your ear up to it, you could hear it. And there's nothing inside a speaker besides a magnet. It's not like there's a radio receiver, but it was picking up radio stations. Wow. It was because after the song, we heard the station ID. So there's a lot of weird things, which I'm not exactly sure if it's a, it it's, uh, could be categorized as paranormal, but it's not normal. No, it is definitely not normal. No, I mean, again... That's why I was asking you, Frank. 
<laughs> How about this? Uh, when, this if, when, our, <laughs> when our callers call in for questions tonight to Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo, if any of them have an answer to this question, their own version of this answer, we're happy to hear them. <laughs> oh, good idea. Take them into consideration. Hmm. I like that. So, phone lines are open. Please call 646-381-4141 to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo. They are here to answer all of your questions, so call 646-381-4141 to get expert advice on all that troubles you. And remember, if you don't get on the air tonight, please send us your question at mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. And now it's time for our Sky McKenna Skywatch Report. Remember to visit Sky at her website at skymckenna.com for more details about her or to read the weekly report on her website. Hello, everybody. This is Sky McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week, and if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives on AchieveRadio.com, or you can go to my new website, SkyMcKenna.com, and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the energy report on my new blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that, too. So, we've got the wind in our backs. We're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less. And this then is for the week beginning Sunday, July 25th, 2010. Lately, a lot of us have been sensing the approach of major energy shifts and changes around us. And for approximately the next two weeks, we may barely have time to catch our collective breaths with so many celestial challenges appearing almost daily. Our most massive planet, Jupiter, made a stop in the sky last week in Aries and began his retrograde cycle until November 18th. Actually, last week's Skywatch talked about how each sign will be affected by this particular retrograde, so you can re-listen to that in the archives if you'd like to. Also, this weekend, Jupiter will square off with distant Pluto, and just two days later, Saturn and Uranus make their fifth and final opposition since November 4th, 2008. And remarkably, because of Jupiter's recent swing to retrograde motion, the Jupiter-Pluto square off is going to happen again in two weeks on August 3rd, and yet again on February 25th, 2011. The basic interpretation of this one is that very, very big Jupiter locks horns with very, very extreme intense Pluto, and the end result can be volatile, earth-shattering, and sometimes confrontational. Plus, we also have a full moon coming up on Sunday, July 25th, and as she reaches her fullness, the sky is tense and impatient with the approaching dynamic and powerful cardinal T-square, so the energy around us is going to have that push-me-pull-you flavor. Because Saturn commands we remain structured, Uranus demands we move into the new and all at the same time, Pluto coerces a rebirth and transformation in our lives. And we will be transformed, or maybe we already are. So this full moon is intimately involved with all the dynamic letting go energy around us, especially if things from about two years ago in our lives. The force around us is saying that we must now break away from people, places, things, or situations that no longer serve us. And also, we have four massive planets that are retrograde now, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, and now most recently, Jupiter. And what all of this means is that we have essentially and finally reached one of the most profound and revolutionary three-week planetary cycles that any of us have ever seen. 
One note that I want to add here, though, is that while change is inevitable, it doesn't have to be bad or destructive. And it could actually be downright exciting, depending on your chart and your life circumstances. Another thing worth mentioning here, I think, is that whatever may be occurring in our lives, it's important that we don't take it as a personal attack by the universe. Because though our lives can certainly be affected in deeply personal ways, it's really just the energy of change, and it's time for things to move ahead for all of us. And they are. And on a positive, helpful note, and ready to assist us through these winds of change, the life-giving sun has just entered open-hearted Leo. So we'll have the strength in the heart of the lion to carry us over the next 30 days. And so, launching us into these rolling changes, Saturday, July 24th, Jupiter squares off with Pluto. And the heavens can shudder under this aspect. We're at the point where anything that's outlived its usefulness must be released. And that's so it can be replaced by something better. And even though letting go is not always easy, hanging on will be even more difficult now. It's the resistance to what is that actually hurts. The energy we're experiencing isn't particularly friendly, and there could be some extreme resistance around us or in us. So it can take some thought, attention, and calmness to make sense of it all. And we need to do everything we can to avoid confrontation. Now, Sunday, July 25th, we have that full moon in Aquarius. The full moon is always about strong emotions, and this full moon brings to fruition things we began or initiated at the new moon solar eclipse in Cancer on July 11th. So we should think back to what our intentions were at that time. And also with the full moon in Aquarius, we should be connecting with others for best results and maybe a little blossoming to boot. Now, Monday, July 26th can be one of the most dynamic and potentially confusing days for us this week. As Saturn faces off with Uranus, the Sun makes a flowing trine to Jupiter, but Mercury opposes Neptune. We experienced this Saturn-Uranus aspect last April, and it's back. Saturn has been opposing Uranus since November of 2008, and this aspect is an essential component of the cardinal T-square in the sky. This is about stability versus stunning change. So when these two giants meet in opposition, something has to give. And again, on a personal level, it can present a time to move away from things in our lives that no longer serve a purpose, to go to unexplored places. And also today, however, while the Sun-Uranus aspect can present some outstanding opportunities for us, this is definitely not the day to make significant commitments or sign important documents. Our thinking can be scattered and unfocused today at best. On the plus side, though, this could present wonderful energies for artists and writers and also for psychic development. And on Tuesday, July 27th, Mercury enters Virgo through October 2nd. He'll be there an especially long time because of his upcoming retrograde from August 20th through September 12th. Time to start lining those duckies up again. However, since Mercury is quite content in his own sign of Virgo, we can feel comfortable in our thinking and be able to get some things done. Our minds will be orderly and we'll be able to think ourselves out of any paper bag that the heavens may toss at us. This is the time to get organized, back up our computers, do auto maintenance, and move toward completing any tasks that have been hanging fire. On Thursday, July 29th, Mars enters Libra till September 14th. Mars is going to be moving along with Saturn now and directing the focus for us on issues of relationships, finance, and even creativity. There'll be lots of energy out there to deal with partnerships, existing ones, or finding new ones, so it's time to get out and about, so to speak. But on Friday, July 30th, Mars faces off with Uranus. And at the same time, however, Mercury forms a flowing trine to Pluto. So today can bring surprises 
and unexpected changes. We should watch for strong opposing energies to our plans, but also be alert to some wonderful aha moments, and we need to stay flexible. Then finally, Saturday, July 31st, Mars will conjunct Saturn, still part of that dynamic and troublesome T-square. This, along with the transits preceding it this week, can be kind of a difficult passage. Our patience can be tested today and for the next couple of weeks, actually. But there's also the opportunity to jump in with both feet and get things done. Massive amounts of energy are available to us to get busy and take care of business. Just choose wisely. Then, as Nike says, just do it. Now, this week, I want to talk about how and where each sign will be feeling this full moon in Aquarius. This full moon is made even more potent because she is sitting with Uranus, and she's part of the Grand Cardinal Cross players. She's also asking us to break away from old, obsolete ways of doing, being, or thinking. And as always, this will apply to your sun sign and rising ascendant sign if you know it. Aries, your hopes, wishes, and even friendships can get a boost now. Get together with friends and groups. They can inspire new dreams in your life. Taurus, be alert for career opportunities. Look for a positive or surprising response to an action you may have taken about two weeks ago at the solar eclipse. Gemini, expanded possibilities for your life can open your world now. Think outside the box. Learn something new and be open to new ways of thinking. Cancer, any old, dusty, emotional baggage you've been dragging around, can and probably will be released now. There'll be new ways of sharing and new joint resources available to you, too. Leo, your partnerships are highlighted. Allow new starts in existing ones, and single Leos could meet or reunite with a very significant person now, so be ready for that. Virgo, you may finally be ready to take control of your health, job, or daily routine. Old, debilitating patterns can drop away like magic, and new doors can open open for you in any or all of these areas. Libra, your romance is in high focus with this full moon. You may find a new fullness in your love life and or new opportunities for your creativity to blossom or new people to enter your life. Scorpio, a family drama can close now and free you to think of other things. Like yourself, spoil yourself a little. It can open unseen doors for you. Sagittarius, your thoughts can finally become untangled and you can glimpse some new exciting inspirations. Stay flexible and don't be afraid to try something new or go somewhere you haven't explored before. Capricorn, you can find change in your financial situation opening now. Let go of old, outdated expectations and allow new income opportunities to surface for you. Aquarius, the full moon is in your sign, so take a look at what you really, really want. Be realistic, but allow yourself to dream the good stuff. It can unfold for you in the coming months. Pisces, some downtime might be just what the doctor ordered with this full moon. Spend some quiet time if you can and allow the fog to clear. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Skywatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website, skymckenna.com, and the link is right there at the top of the page. And you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the Energy Report. And remember, the animals still need your help. You can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse. It's absolutely, positively, no questions asked free. In 2009, your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals. So just go to theanimalrescuesite.com and click on the purple button that says, click here, it's free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving, you always lose by holding back. So till next time, take good care, God bless, and namaste. Thank you, Sky, for that amazing report. Man, Sky is so awesome. These are some really strange times that we're in right now, and she's so thorough at keeping us updated and informed as to what to expect and, and you know, what our week is 
it potentially could be like. So we definitely appreciate that. And you can contact Sky for a reading or listen to her or read her weekly Sky reports on her website at skymckenna.com. Contact her for more information, and she has a link on her website to listen to her radio show on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Achieve Radio, or go directly to AchieveRadio.com for more details. Frank, are you there? Is Frank gone? I don't know. We need the mailbag question of hello, the day. Hello. Yes, Frank, Frank, Frank. Can you not hear me? Did well, I get now muted? We hello? Can. <laughs> Were you on mute? I have no idea. There was a Uh-oh. silence earlier, and now I'm back on the air, apparently. Okay. Okay. Well, we this is just where we want you, on the air. Oh, fair enough. All right. Well, uh, we do have a mailbag question of the day, if you are ready for it. Yes, we are. All right. Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo, my name is Diana. I've been struggling with my career for the past two years. Prior to that, I had a very successful position at a financial services company in New York, but was laid off. I have not been able to find another job in my field, and I really do not know what to do. I'm smart and hardworking, but have experience in banking and investment companies, and don't know where to go or where to turn. I had savings, which I've been living off of for the past few years, and what I want to know is if you can tell me what career path I can take to start earning some money. What I just thought of something. Future. Go ahead, because I wonder if you're picking up what I'm picking up. What do you, what do I you just, come up with? Well, I just thought of now, you know, everybody I know who left one insurance company to work for another, try insurance, because health insurance especially does very well in the bad economy, ah. and the numbers fit in with that, and they pay well. They pay better than they pay the doctors. You can see I have trouble with managed care, so go for it. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. And what was coming to my mind was actually one of two things. One is writing. I, I actually feel, and I don't know, and I, granted, if you're writing a book or something like that, I mean, that takes years until it gets published and all this other kind of stuff. But it almost feels to me, um, you know, almost like setting up shop as, you know, a consultant or something like that and writing articles, and I feel you know, then corporate America will start coming back to Diana for advice. You know, she could sort of position herself as being an expert in her field, which not only is she saying in, in you know, in, in an indirect way, but I'm definitely feeling. I really do feel she has something to offer. The other thing is, it almost feels to me, you know, I used to do career coaching um, year, many, 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 many years ago, and it almost feels to me that she could sort of coach people um, in a way to help them sort of, um, you know, better position themselves in their careers. And I feel, especially in today's day and age, I mean, with so many layoffs and cutbacks, um, those really prominent positions are fewer and further between. So to really utilize some of the wonderful skills that I feel Diana has, um, I feel would come in tremendously, you know, handy for her. I kind of feel, though, that she's looking for, a short fix here as well, and that I don't have. That's Jean. Do you, Dr. Cirillo, do you have any thoughts? I mean, you're usually good at coming up with um, short like fixes. <laughs> yeah, ways to pay your bills. Right. Like in the meantime, life. because I I feel if yeah. she does some of the things I'm talking about, but my gut feeling is these are more long range projects that I have in well, mind. 
she could get day-by-day temporary or consulting work. A lot of times when things are bad, uh, companies are a lot a lot better at hiring people because they don't have to uh, give them a salary and give them all the benefits if they're not on staff. So she could get as-needed work. Uh, the other thing is if she's so good in finances and everything, day trading, whether it's short sales, you know, Anything she could do from her own home and her own phone with investments uh, might pay off short term because she has more knowledge in the area than a lot of people, and now she has a lot of time. And that's that's really good advice. And and um, something that Rachel had just sent me a note on was that, and I don't know where she got this information from. Maybe she wants to come on the air and tell us, but that there's five applicants out there for every job. I mean, that's like really lowering you know, your your odds tremendously. Well, it depends what you have to offer to the job and what kind of job it is. You know, the statistics are always deceiving. Like they used to say to get into certain schools, it's one in 500. Yeah, but after the top one are taken, then there's 499. And how many schools are there? How many jobs are there? That's why I mentioned insurance. People I know, one company closed. They all went to work for another company. I mean, I know in in a hurting economy is when we do better in healthcare. Whereas in a great economy, nobody's thinking of uh, healthcare that much, and people that are in finance and computers and technical uh, fields do better. So you can't really go by what everybody else is doing. It has to be you and and your own relationship to the universe, as you would say. Right. Well, I mean that that's really the main key. I mean, even in bad economies, there are many people out there prospering. And it really boils down to, you know, not wanting and feeling good about yourself, which is very hard to do when you don't have income coming in and you're worried about getting bills paid and and all that kind of stuff. It's hard to stay not positive but grateful. You know, and if you're if you're not coming from a place of feeling grateful and really sending out positive, you know, intent intentions to everybody around you then it becomes a lot more difficult to to draw in the circumstances and the situations that that Diana's looking for and that many of you know the people are looking for in today's day and age, which is to get a job. Frank, did she mention that if she wanted to stay in the banking industry or was she looking to branch out and do something else? In the letter, she just asks, the uh, final sentence was uh, she wanted to know about her career path and what her financial future was, so she doesn't mention that. You know, um, there was an article that I read on Yahoo, and I don't know, I don't remember where it came from, if it was the Wall Street Journal or New York Times, I don't really remember, but it was talking about the distribution of wealth, and it was really how we're losing the middle class. Did any of you see that article? Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't see it. I heard about it. And they were talking about how, like, one percent of the um, of the you know of, of our you know American population owns you know like eighty some odd percent of the stocks out there, and one percent of um, you know uh, our population oh you know is spending all this money or whatever. I mean, it's really amazing to see that it's such a small percentage of our population that truly has the wealth and the power in this country these days. I well, thought a lot it was of the, mostly um, that one percent that got knocked down with this uh, particular depression that the big companies were taking it for change. 
You know, okay, I, I have the article in front of me, so here's some of the things. Um, 83% of the U.S. stocks are in the hands of 1% of the people. Um, 61% of Americans always or usually live paycheck to paycheck, which was up from 49% in 2008 and 43% in 2007. 2007. Um, Thirty-six percent of Americans say that they don't contribute anything to retirement savings. Uh, staggering, forty-three percent of Americans have less than ten thousand dollars saved up for retirement. Twenty-four um, percent of American workers say that they have postponed their planned retirement age for the past year. I mean, this is like unbelievable stuff. Over one point four million Americans filed for personal bankruptcy in two thousand and nine which represented a 32% increase over 2008. Only, only the top 5% of U.S. households have earned enough additional income to match the rise in housing costs since 1975. I mean, that one blows me away, that how are we all affording the homes that we live in? And I'm sure that's why we have such, you know, so many foreclosures and bankruptcies going on right now. But, I mean, and this goes on and on and on and on. I mean, you know, there's probably another you know, 30 or 20 or 30 um, things listed here. I mean, it, it, to me, that's absolutely unbelievable. And it seems difficult to stay in gratitude and to stay in feeling positive, but there are definitely people out there who are taking these situations and building opportunities. I was just thinking, you know, when Frank mentioned, when Frank was reading her letter, she didn't say that her passion was financial or uh Banking. She just said she has experience in that. Mm. And I just heard this story. I'm sure you all know that cupcakes are the biggest trend. I don't know if they are all over the country. I know in New York and L.A. They're everywhere. And this guy who was on Wall Street who lost his job just created this uh, truck, and it's called the Cupcake Truck. And it's kind of like good humor, but with cupcakes. And through Facebook and Twitter, you can find out where in the city he's going to be. Wow. And he's doing really well. I think he's actually taking it national now. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. And I I also read, just like you, and I unfortunately I don't have the article in front of me, but how a lot of Wall Street people who have lost their jobs are starting companies like this or going, you know, going more towards their passion instead of what they thought they should do with their lives. Well, and that's that's the biggest problem. I mean, if we don't truly have a passion for what we do, then eventually it is going to dry up. You know, to to really move towards whatever, you know, really is resonating within us, we're going to end up enjoying it and making money if you like it or not. It's just going to e- start easily flowing towards you. Right. Yeah, but sometimes you need you need some money to start something. So what you should try to do is uh run the business on the shoe on a shoestring, just do something to make the money day by day rather than set up the business perfectly, which might require money or loans or things that you don't have because you lost your job. <laughs> you know, just try try to do something at a, at a very small level and then use the, the money you make to build the business. If, you, if you're working on a perfect business, it's never going to happen. So just take it one day at a time. Well, and that, that's definitely good advice. Um, and, and I feel if you're doing whatever your passion is anyhow, you're going to be enjoying doing it, and you're probably doing it anyhow, so you might as well do it and make some money. Right. And, and potentially build a future. 
So, so I hope with Diana that some of the, the thoughts and concepts that we've mentioned are of some help to her. Um, and I know there's a, you know, a big chunk of people out there in the same exact boat. Yeah. Uh, well, they say that real success is not how much money you make. It's getting paid to do what you would pay to do. Right. <laughs> what was that? What was that, Dr. Cirillo? Real success is not how much money you make. It's getting paid to do what you would pay to do. Oh, I like that. Well, it's true. I mean, I yeah. thought that way with media uh, types of stuff. If you could even get paid a little bit or, uh, you know, if you make a lot of money, it's great. But any money that you make doing something you love, uh, that's what the sports people say. That's what a lot of people say in show business and a lot of other businesses that I have such a good time. It doesn't seem fair that I'm making money doing this. <laughs> well, that's, that's the ideal situation to be in, you know, where you're really, where, you know, it's just living, you know, your dream. I mean, that's true. But you have an to be able to pay your bills, too. So well, but if, it. yeah, but if you're living your dream and making a lot of money doing it, I mean, that's, that's what they say from a spiritual perspective, that when you truly follow your passion, the money will come. When you're really doing what you love, I mean, it will and you know it it's it's sort of like when when you you know i i've ha- i have had many clients that um start out with something and they're extremely passionate about it and they love it and then they're you know it becomes mundane and boring to them and they lose that that tremendous you know passion for it and inevitably things like what happened to diana end up happening where there's layoffs there's the business closes so this happens so that happens and they end up without having that source of income coming in so somehow passion and, you know, the focus on doing what you truly are passionate about, um, you know, through the law of attraction and probably other things, money and, and success and whatever comes with that. I Except, think, you know, what I I'm think thinking about, any job becomes a routine after a while, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but I'm thinking, you know, if... Yeah, I'm sure you're right because, I mean, I've even been in that situation where when I was doing career coaching, I mean, I loved that at the beginning. And, you know, then you get embroiled in the politics of it and it becomes just less of what it originally was. So I can understand that. But, you know, I mean, look at the people out there, the top athletes or, you know, um, celebrities or whatnot that, I mean, you know, you know, make a movie and make, you know, $30 million or whatever they make these days. I mean, that to me is absolutely, you know, I could not get tired of doing that. I just couldn't. (laughs) You wouldn't get tired because it's one project at a time. It's not. A lot of the stars don't want a series, though, a TV series, because even though they make a lot of money, they have to come to work every day and work with these same people and get involved in personalities and rehearse. But everybody loves to make a movie because there's a beginning, a middle, and a wrap, an end, and, and then you have this thing and you have all that money. So it's more of a project rather than a regular job. I've heard actors uh, complain about that. They don't want to do series for that reason. Uh, well, I could imagine. I mean, some of these, you know, these these weekly series things, I mean, I, I know they're only on for, what, 13 weeks or whatever it is. But still, I mean, I hear they start, you know, um, start their work at like 6 or 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning and go till whenever. I mean, Julie, Frank, you're in the... Um, acting business, you know, what's your experience? Julie, you've been on some soap operas. What's your experience with that? 
what exactly is it that you're asking? Well, I mean, like, how much of a commitment do these people actually yeah. put in to these to these series? To these, like, for soap operas, that's a daily thing. Yeah, what happens with the soap operas is that because I actually used to work with a bunch of soap opera people, um, is that most of them take the jobs on soaps in order to get a. They want to go on to movies and and night, you know. Most of them want to go into movies. I would say now that TV series, primetime series, are more like movies, they would go into that as well. But the ultimate is to go into film. And soap opera really is a way of getting in the door, of making money, of having experience, that kind of thing. But they do feel stuck often. Uh, A lot of times the soap operas make you sign a three-year contract. A lot of them are not happy about that. They'll Mm -hmm. do it. But then they are often written off so that they can go pursue uh, the career they really want, which is usually, you know, nighttime TV and film. Wow, and then I'm thinking of, like, Susan Lucci. How long has she played? Um, and you know Erica? what? She, she might love it. You know, she may yeah. never have left to go do that. I don't remember her taking a hiatus. She may have. You know, she's been on there forever. But that may have been her ultimate goal. You know, there are different, obviously different uh, desires for different people. But most of the soap actors that I knew did it, wanted to do it just short time, short term. It's great training. I mean, soap operas are hard, are more difficult than sitcoms and and movies oftentimes because you get these long monologues in the morning and have to recite them, you know, within the hour, as opposed to film where you're just doing, you know, a scene or two a day. Well, that's what always was amazing to me. I mean, how could anybody learn learn all those lines when every day for five days straight, you know, during the week, you're 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 you've got a certain chunk of, you know, especially the stars of the soap operas. Granted, they're not doing the whole hour or whatever it is, but they some of them have huge roles on a daily basis. I don't yeah, know. there's a lot of drama in it. Even you know, there's a lot of crying, a lot of emotions, a lot of work. It is. It really, I've seen some of the scripts that they get early in the morning that they're supposed to have memorized, you know, within a couple of hours. Or maybe they get a script the night before, and the next day it's completely changed. So good for them. That's like a paid internship, because if you can handle that, then making a primetime series or movie should be easy. It really is. I don't think that that soap actors get the credit they deserve. Well, you pay your dues, let's face it, right? Right. Everybody has to pay their dues. When we had our internships, they always, you know, they say with psychology, why do they put the most inexperienced people, like, in in the mental hospital and and say to work with these people, or you get the patients that nobody wants, and then later on, you know, you get those exotic people that everybody fights over. Right, right. (laughs) You do the hard work for for less pay. That's, That's reality. Right. That's your training. On the job training. Speaking of, did you did you do that? Did you pay your dues, Dr. Yeah. Oh yes, I, I certainly did. You know, I entered college when I was sixteen. And it was NYU and it was in the seventies and it was when a lot of women were going back to school. So there were so many older people that resented younger people in college, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, we had a professor, we were all early admissions in our English class, and one kid came in late, so he took it out on all of us, and he said, you know, this class is a bunch of half-assers. I mean, anything to put us down, he gave nobody an A. 
the highest wow. grade was a B plus. Now I'm not saying it should have been me, but somebody should have been. So you were punished for being young and serious and ambitious. Right. And uh, yeah, later on I didn't get into a, a doctoral program when I first applied, so I went for a master's and did an internship and. Wound up, it, it it paid off in the long run, though, because I got a lot of experience so that if something went wrong or I was challenged in some way, I had something to fall back on, let's say, to make up for the fact that I wasn't 20 years older. If you're 20 years older, the advantage is everybody assumes you've been practicing that much longer. Right. Just got out of school. You know, I, I have to say, I heard from our guest, uh, uh, he said that he's in Houston, and he was an hour behind us. We were supposed to have Omar Henry, the boxer, and he's going to call in, in like 10 minutes from now. That he was tied up. He forgot that he was an hour behind Eastern time, but he is going to call. He was tied up with doing something else. And he's oh, okay. done a lot on, on this blog talk radio, so uh, he's familiar possibly to a lot of our listeners. So I just wanted to let... Let everybody know that uh, he wasn't forgotten, but but we are going to be doing readings. And, Lady, I think you were going to be doing a reading on on Omar Henry, predicting Yes, I uh, I mean, if he's open to it. um, I have a few things that are coming through. Okay, good. (laughs) Great. Good, yeah. So I'm a young person who I envy the younger people in show business or sports because they do so well when they're young. They can put away the money and everything, but then a lot of them die young because they feel like they can only go downhill and they spent their money and they partied it up, and it's like a depression. So I get, you know, that's not so good. Oh, is I mean, is that a real statistic or is that just an observation? It's just an observation, but I, you do find that a lot of people in, in show business and acting and uh uh, like especially the child stars, a lot of their lives seem to end very tragically, and I wonder if part of that is too much success too early and nowhere to go except down. Well, you know, it's there are trials and tribulations, and there's like a flip side to being, you know, in the limelight. There, there truly is. But you know, still, if I had my choice, you know, to pick, you know, being a, um, you know, being like like uh, Omar Henry is, you know, in yeah. the in my early twenties, an up and coming star in something, getting all this tremendous recognition, or you know, just being you know an everyday person. I would pick the star. <laughs> well, also, he obviously has a real talent, and yeah, is, yeah, and is becoming yeah. known because of his talent. A lot of these kids who become famous early, or you know, in their teens or early twenties, they yeah, they may be talented, but a lot of them are getting their self-esteem from outside sources. You know, everyone telling them how great they are, and then when they can't book another job, right. all of a sudden they're not getting all the outside accolades, and they have to look inside themselves and find out who they really are. I think a lot of them get really depressed. Well, that's, well, that's a, a good really point good point. Making, uh, an athlete, a boxer, has to train himself. Like he said, you know, oh, I can't do 11 o'clock. I work out at the time. I said, no, our show's 11 o'clock at night. I mean, like the football players in this terrible heat, they're already practicing for, for the winter. I, you know, that takes a lot of discipline, and, and mm. the people that can't handle it get, get weeded out early as compared with, uh, like like Julie said in show business, if somebody happens to – get a few parts when they're young and, and doesn't really work hard or, or have any special talent. It's, it becomes harder. Right, and when you are getting all your sense of 
value and worth from, you know, all the attention that you're getting. And when that goes away, that is a huge, huge letdown. I mean, huge. That's why, I mean, it pays to, you know, for everybody to to work on themselves, regardless of how famous they are or how successful they are, because bottom line is, in the end, they have to live with themselves. And fame and fortune and, you know, being the center of attention. I mean, you know, I mean, look at, you know, some big movie stars. I'm thinking of Mel Gibson, you know, and other people oh. that, you know. <laughs> anger <laughs> management, anger management. Yeah, that's somebody that, that got too much and that, you know what it is? Also, they don't get cut down. You know, if, if a normal person starts losing their temper, you know, that's it. You're fired from your job. But Mel Gibson could get away with it, and people cower. So you get to a certain point where, where you believe you're, what do they say, you believe your own hype, and you think right. you're above reality. I mean, if I might people interject here, ladies. Go ahead. Uh, yes, yes, yes. The man's perspective. Well, not not necessarily man's oh, perspective, okay. but Frank Frank's perspective. This Mel uh, Gibson thing. Okay, you think is, the wife is uh, picking it up to get his money, right? <laughs> Go ahead. Right? No, Go ahead. no, no, no. I don't. I I feel that it's it's absolutely ridiculous that. What is absolutely? Every ridiculous? single time I I turn the television on, I see Mel Gibson yelling on the phone. I seriously want everyone on this show to take a lie detector test to. Uh, Say that we have not blown up at some point, in some way, thinking that we are holier than thou, the person we're talking, saying similar things to what he said. Perhaps not mm-hmm. sprinkled with racial slurs, but the way, the reason why, it's all a credibility issue to the news sources that report these things. And, and it's, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a fun joke and all, but they, uh, I was watching one of them, I forget what it was, where they started... Regular people will tape a husband or a wife threatening them, and they'll bring it into mm-hmm. court, and they will lose custody or they'll lose it, something when the judge hears it. It's not only Mel Gibson everybody's picking mm-hmm. on. But the the backup material that they're using is that they're taking statements out of context that he made. For example, this is this is what caused me to think this. They started talking about how crazy he is, and talking. They had this thing where it's like, this is when he's nice, and this is when he's crazy, and they talked talk to him. They showed some clip about him saying that he doesn't. He wishes he could get inside women's brains, but he can't get inside them because they're a mystery. It was from an interview that he did for a movie he called, uh, what, called women what, what Women Want. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. And it was that. taken completely out of context because the base the basic plot of this movie was that he could read women's minds. Right. So I he remember. was making a reference to the movie, and that compounded with several other like misquotes were used to formulate this horrible thing with this with the weird like. Damien from the Omen music playing in the background and flames digitally put over his eyes. I mean, it's it's okay to say, hey, what you did was wrong, man, and this is why. But the demonizing of people just to sort of like prostrate them before the masses, and I mean, it's the same same sort of impulse of why we watch court shows. We like watching people get in trouble. We like watching the show Cops, these are the highest rated shows, are shows where people are voted off the island or off the stage Reality or watching TV. people get in trouble. Exactly. We like to see so, real people well, that I don't are know. doing worse than we are. <laughs> and and yeah. what better way to do that than to take somebody who is c- considered this super person, this person who's above everyone else, the celebrity, because that's our royalty nowadays. We don't have kings and queens. We right. have these actors. We have Tom Hanks. We have Mel Gibson. Those are our, our princes. Those are our lords and ladies that we want to see fail. It's uh, like we were talking about the acting before, if I can just hop 
on my soapbox a little bit. When you go to a theater, uh, especially for improv, I, improv is what I, I do very often. Uh, the audience wants to see you fail sometimes. There's this part of them where if you mess up, like they're waiting for you to do that. And it's if like it when the soap operas were live, people would always laugh when they forgot their lines or flubbed it or something like that. Because exactly. these are new actors that were learning, and, and of course they messed up live. Exactly, exactly. And the soap opera is, is a completely uh, uh, different creature nowadays. And, like, you know, people can say what they will about the soap opera. They, they do not have time to uh, do the kind of character research and whatnot. Unless you've been playing this character for 20 years, 30 years, they don't have this, the same type of uh, intensive that you do. Like, like, uh, like Julie was saying before, they literally get the sides and walk in and film sometimes the day, the, the day of, the day after and whatnot. But, and you become um, very good at at auditions, and improv is a little like that too. You have to do, you have to do it from what's natural. I mean, I say that about Doctor Phil when people sometimes say my advice is better or that I produce myself. I say, sure, the producers tell him what to say. That's when it sounds silly or inappropriate for a psychologist. But what I say may be boring because it's coming from me, but or it, it isn't as well scripted out. So once you get to a certain level, even the president has a ghostwriter. It's not like Lincoln writing the Gettysburg Address on the train. Uh, you know, that, yeah, sure, everything's rehearsed at certain levels. And you like to see them unrehearsed, like Mel Gibson when he's having a legitimate tantrum, not one that was scripted for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, do you I... have a tantrum on the set? Or or did it, would they fire you if you walked in and had a tantrum? <laughs> Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, no, uh, if it's in the script, I'll have a tantrum. No, but what if it's not in the script? And you don't well, like the script, you, do you have a tantrum. But you do improv, so what, doesn't that mean if even if it's not in the script, you could do it? Well, sure, exactly, because you're you're making the script as you go along. So right. So I, that, I suppose that that would work. I think I don't know how I'll answer, but sure. Um, so, what was the rest of this uh, um, improv story? Improv story. Weren't you in the middle of talking about one? Of, I'm just saying that the, with the audience, when watching an improv show, I mean. The, uh, the group that I belong to does long form. So you were supposed to construct a story with beginning, middle, end, where the peaks, the, where a regular movie script would peak. And if sometimes if it looks too good, it's almost less entertaining than I mean, it's 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 kind of a, a weird double-edged sword uh, because you you would never want to make it not look as best as possible. But oftentimes the audience gets a bigger laugh if you forget a, what a word is supposed to mean and stutter or somebody walks in and walks into someone else's scene and so on and so forth. Uh, because there's that part of everyone that wants to see someone else fail. Mm. It's horrible. It's, it's something that we try to overcome. And this is why things like Mel Gibson are still on the air now. Who cares? Who cares? I don't know him. You never get, I don't really, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm technically you, you can bring that to the sporting sort of sporting world. I'm a big Mets fan. I was raised in the shadow of Shea Stadium. Why am I a Mets fan? I don't necessarily. I mean, <laughs> talk about people getting used to their heroes losing. I'm, I'm a Mets fan, so I'm used to it. Uh, but it's uh, it's one of these things where it's like I'm, I don't get anything from the Mets. I don't really. Uh, they don't send me a paycheck. I don't get royalties for mentioning them in the air right now. But why do I? Why do I do it? Because it's 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 just fun, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. 
I used to have um, fun when the Mets were playing, but not for the same reason, because they would always preempt the Patty Duke show when they had a baseball game. <laughs> and I knew that if the Mets were the ones playing, there was a good chance they would lose so fast that Patty Duke would be shown. But I don't think that's the reason why uh, why you should be a Mets fan. <laughs> well, I used to be a Yankees fan for other reasons, but but in any event, Frank, could you talk to us a little bit about what's coming up on August twentieth? Before you do that, Frank, oh, I just yeah. want to re- I just want to remind our callers to please call six four six three eight one four one four one to speak with Lady Fontaine and Doctor Cirillo. We may have a little more time since our guest hasn't called in yet, so we just want to remind everyone to call in six four six three eight one four one four one. Okay, Frank. Okay, Julie. Uh, How are you? So on, on, uh, on August 20th, we have a live show. Uh, my radio show, The uh, the Invisible World, which airs at 12.30, right after this one, on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, the Invisible World is a uh, paranormal radio show where we have this lovely in-house paranormal expert named Lady Fontaine. Lady who? <laughs> Lady Fontaine. Oh, and, I think uh, I know her. Indeed. I mean, the, the, the basic show, uh, for those who haven't heard it yet, we have a first half is Paranormal News, and we showcase some uh, new music artists and stuff, usually some sort of science-based uh, auto-tune awesomeness. Uh, and then we have a, a guest co-host, a new guest co-host each week, which uh, interacts throughout the show, and then we have an interview in the end. And we're going to be doing this live on stage at, uh, at the Tank Theater, 45th Street in Manhattan, and uh, 9th and between 8th and 9th Avenue, on August 20th at 7.30. We're going to have three former guests coming on stage, joining Lady Fontaine and myself. And we're going to be listening to some pretty disturbing EVPs, uh, watching some footage of new sightings of ghosts and aliens, and then some of the more classic stuff. And uh, as of a few days ago, we're going to have a couple surprises in store for <gasps> really? all the kids who show up. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's some... Some pretty nifty stuff in the work that I can't that I can't, you, can't necessarily say yet on the radio. But, oh, uh, oh, but you'll tell me, <laughs> or, or is it going to be a surprise? Perhaps, perhaps off the air, perhaps off the air. But yes, yes, a lot, lot of fun things in store for the kids who come. Uh, and there's cheap beer and air conditioning. So what more could you ask for on an August twentieth? <laughs> well, I'm happy for the air conditioning. Um, Absolutely. Dr. Cirillo, are you coming to this um, to this event? Now I heard August twentieth uh, in the in mm-hmm. New York City. Exactly where is it? The tank. It is on Forty Fifth Street between Eighth and Ninth Avenue. The Forty Fifth Street Theater, also known as the Tank. That's Central Times Square. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. That's where all the Broadway shows are, and it's right the down the block tank? from Hair. If anybody knows where Hair is, oh, but, uh, I have to walk past that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're all looking forward to that. So, um, August twentieth. What time does it start? Seven thirty, Frank. Seven thirty, yes. Seven thirty p.m. So you we can hope buy tickets online there. on the website at uh, www.thetanknyc.org. Find out more information. Great! Wow! Great! Do we have a radio show from a cafe in Belmont? I'm sorry, you're saying something. No, I think that our guest is on the phone. Um, I think he is. I told him to just call. Right oh, now. okay. Oh, um, Rachel, no or yes? 
this might be him now. Rachel said one caller came in and she couldn't hear anything, but now there's another oh, caller coming okay. in. So I think we need a minute just to okay. straighten All right, so out. what were you saying, Dr. Cirillo? Uh, oh, we used to do a, a show at a place called the D Cafe in Long Island in Belmore, and we always attracted a big crowd. And this was another psychic and myself and, and a moderator. For some reason, people then kept the psychic there. We did it at night. So be mm. prepared until 4.30 in the morning. I'm not kidding. Wow. Oh, yeah, trying to get individual readings and everything. Well, wow. um, I'm hoping that we're going to be doing a show live also at the tank um, if I've applied, mm-hmm. so I'm not quite sure. But if we do, um, I, I would like us all to be there because I've actually – I would like to do two shows. They have a 7.30 and then they have like a 9 or 9.30, whatever it is. So I'd like to do the two shows. Um, you know, yeah. it would be a little bit different than what we're doing here, but, but very similar in concept. And instead of having the callers, we would take – uh, questions and and situations from the audience. So I'm saying, be prepared to be held over like the professor that everybody walks up to after the lecture and uh, you know has a million questions. Uh, this will happen in both cases when you're doing the show with Frank on August 20th and when we do it together. Well, um, this particular place, I know they're they shut their doors at midnight, so we can't do that. But you're actually giving me an idea. <laughs> That maybe we so need to do something like this at a place where we, instead of just doing it at an off-Broadway theater, do it somewhere where, you know, whatever happens, happens. If we end up being there till the wee hours of the morning, we're there. Honey, they'll follow you. They'll take you to a local uh, place. There's a lot of places in New York City that are open after 12, and, and believe me, you'll have this group following you. Don't believe me. Don't oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so then you know what we should do? We should have a plan then to um, meet at so-and-so restaurant afterwards if anybody's interested mm-hmm. in talking further to Dr. Cirillo and me. Probably, yeah. Why not? Somewhere nearby. All right, well, we'll have to look into that and see how that ultimately goes, but I think that's a good idea. So um, this, I'm hoping to get a date in October to do this, so um, I certainly hope you guys are going to be available in October because it would not be on, um, on Tuesday evening. I would like to do it on a weekend. So is that possible for you guys? Yeah. Um, I mean, October, who knows what's going to happen if I'll still be around. <laughs> that's my birthday month. I'm a Scorpio, a Halloween baby, so you never know what's going to happen to me in October. <laughs> well, I don't know what that means. The other side might want me back. Oh, they stop. in October, so uh, how do you know? No, you, but you it's true, me, but in the meantime... We're coming here, but not for long. I, well, that's what they told me. <laughs> But but the thing of it is, in the in the realm of eternity, not for long, could be a hundred years. I'm not leaving. I have no intentions of leaving quite yet. <laughs> no, I don't either. But I'm just saying, you never know. If it's no, you do never know. But I, if if they give me dates, I, I'm obviously going to book them. So you know, I okay. hope that we can swing this. But we'll talk about this off off air. Were we talking <laughs> about a possible Halloween or around Halloween show? I would love to do Halloween, but I think I had. Uh, I think that was one like that Saturday the 30th or the week before that or were the dates that I'm hoping for. Right. I mean, I would love to do Halloween, but I don't know that we'll get it. Right. I mean, so with we're Frank just... there and all the paranormal information he knows and everything that you do as far as 
Halloween, you know, it's the theme of Halloween that whole season. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, I just think it would be really a lot of fun. I mean, forget, even if we just do psychic readings or whatever it is, but between, right. you know, Dr. Jean and I and then you guys, it, it, we could actually put on, you know, we could actually have a lot of fun, I think, especially Definitely. with the Halloween theme. I think so. So, Dr. Cirillo, I'll, I'll talk to your guides and I'll make sure that we lock you in. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so will that make you feel better? That would make me feel a lot better. Okay. Right. Is everything all right with you? Everything's fine as far as I know. But you know I did that Amityville Horror uh, movie that's supposed to be coming out. You know, my part of it is still pretty much under uh, under wraps. It's going to be presented at Sundance Film Festival, though, the first week in January in Utah. So uh, I don't know. I I felt sick after after doing it and talking to a couple other people. And what happened was um, we thought either the demons got to us or somebody had something and it spread around the room that's much more likely with the hot weather and the air conditioning going on and off. But, uh, you know, maybe the demons don't want the uh, remaining child to tell his side of the story. So you know, they're going to strike us all down in some way. Because these are real demons. They're not ghosts that were once human. In that house, those are real demons. They were well, never I'll, human. I'll tell you, last week when you had mentioned, or the other week when you had mentioned, you know, maybe we can go in there and, you know, um, you know, do some, some paranormal investigations there, I actually got a, a really unusual feeling. And I was really scared. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But um, what's what's the story with that now? I mean, is this a definite, um, you know? Well, it's going to be presented. I mean, whether or not it will be picked up, I don't know. But I know that there are already nine Amityville horror films, three made it to the movies, three were picked up on television, and three went direct to uh, video or DVD. So that's the worst case. But this is the first time in 35 years that one of the Lutz children is going to be speaking out. Well, it'll and be interesting to see how that pl- yeah. how that plays out. Oh, I you mean, I can't wait. You know, it's exciting. But from what I've read, psychics and people who went into the house said that this is no ordinary haunted house with ghosts that were once human. It's a demonic-type presence. See that is scary, but I, you know that other that other place that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. That was like, you know, a very, very strong demonic presence as well, and we were able to handle it. But this one has a history that that makes me concerned. Um, when I went into that other home and did the paranormal investigation, I had no idea what I was going to encounter. The last thing I expected was what I what I was dealing with. Yeah. So and these demons they say they don't have to stay in that house. They're not bound to that to the presence there. They can follow anybody anywhere if they choose to. It's just that they found a home there. And I don't think they like people messing with it. And also the town keeps pretending that nothing's wrong with the house, so that's why I said we would have prob- probably have a lot of trouble getting in because they really don't want the people to get the ghosts out. Just like they don't like to admit there's a drug problem in some of the school districts, so they don't want anybody to talk about treatment or prevention. Mm. It's the same way with a demon problem in a house in this town. 
they, they don't want it to become what it already is, which is the most famous haunted house in the world. Oh, is that it's what they call that? Really, the Amityville the House is considered that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The History Channel did something on that, but it really wasn't on that at all. It was just introduced with that title, and then it was something, uh, another similar house in California. But they used that title. It was part of the Mystery Quest series that I, I was part of with the Stonehenge uh, end of it, not with the hauntings, but... The fact is, everybody knows about that house, even though the one used in the movie wasn't that house. It was one in uh, New Jersey, that in Tom's River, that looks similar. Oh, okay. I didn't know that, but that's but that for some reason when you said it, it does sound familiar. Like I, maybe I did hear it somewhere, and I didn't remember that. But yeah. I do believe we do have a caller on the line. I'm not sure we're. Um, where our guest is tonight, so at this late time, I'm wondering if the better plan is just to reschedule him for another night. But I we, guess so. But we do have a caller, so who, um, Julie or Frank, who is our next caller? Uh, we have Aaron, and he's asking about his weight loss program. Okay. Hi, All right, Aaron. Yes. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Good, Thank good. You? Good. So how can we help you tonight? You're on a weight loss program? Yes, ma'am. And what, what's your question? Is it going to work for you? Right. Well, um, I, you know what it really feels to me is if you stick with it and really work on it, I do feel it, it, it will. Um, you know, I'm feeling a lot of... Um, just scanning your energy before I say it. It almost feels to me not even like temptations, but but sometimes like um, sometimes it feels like your focus on it is 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 huge, and other times it feels to me um, almost as if it's not even on your mind and and you're not thinking about it. Therefore, you might not be making all the right choices with things. But overall, it feels to me it has the potential of working for you, but you need to stick with it. So, what's actually happening? Are you are you sort of swaying on certain days? Um, yeah, sort of, you could say. I I really, really, um, I was I was working on it, and then I slacked off, and then just recently I, I said I'm going to motivate myself, and I'm going to work hard for it. Weight because if you do that. Hard work. Ed, I mean, you can't get around that, no matter how great the program is. Right. But if you do it, you're going to be successful with it. I mean, you know, I'm feeling the, the like like you're saying, where you're slacking off. I'm feeling that, you know, I mean, it, it feels to me at the beginning you were gung-ho on this. But, you know, now I don't feel that so strongly. Or I, when I was scanning your energy, I didn't feel it so strongly in your energy. So, Aaron, I mean, our best suggestion for you is if you stick with it, you're going to have success here. Because I feel you did have some success with this. So were you able to drop some weight? Right. And I feel it you can you can, you know, reach all your goals here, just stay focused. Okay. All right. Anything else? Any other questions? Um how does my future look with C success of me being a artist, music artist? A music artist. Um all right, you know, it kind of feels to me that you 
this is something that I feel has been sort of building up inside of you for a long time. It almost feels to me to be a dream that you've had, but it feels to me to be somewhat on the back burner. I'm not when, – when you said that, usually when somebody asks me a question like that, I'm hearing music and I'm seeing, like, stage performances and stuff, and I wasn't getting that impression. feels to me – is this something that you're thinking about and not actually doing yet? Because that's kind of what right. is coming through to me. Um, you know, I feel this is another one. It's sort of, I'm not feeling the true, if you were listening to the show, uh, we were talking about passion earlier. And this feels to me that, you, that your passion level is low on this. Not to say that this isn't a dream that you have, but I don't see you pursuing the dream. And it kind of feels to me like we were talking about, sometimes you have to pay your dues on things. I feel if it's something that you truly want, you're going to have to start putting it into high gear and start really moving on it because it's not just going to fall into your lap. Dr. Cirillo, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking he has a couple of goals, but uh, being a music artist is something that you're not really working toward that much. I mean, what you could do is something along that line, like to start out giving uh, lessons, being a teacher, performing in clubs. I mean, are you doing any of that initial uh, dues paying and legwork before you get into the big time, or do, or do you not have time because you have to work at something else? Right. That's that's yeah. You know, that's the problem with a dream that you love, work that you love. It does take extra time away from daily activities and whatever you have to do to pay bills. Maybe if you started off in a club on a weekend, uh, even if you didn't get get paid or you got paid very little, you're meeting people in those circles, and then you can expand from there. But you have to do some right. of the legwork, and, and it does take time and money and everything away from whatever you need to do day by day. Right. So, you know, so the you potential is there for you, Aaron. You just It's not going to fall into your lap, though. Um, you would have to, you know, do some legwork here um, and and sort of make it happen for yourself. Right. All right? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, good luck to you. Keep us posted on both aspects. Okay, ma'am. Thank you. You're very welcome. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, um, do we have any other callers? Tonight, apparently, we have uh, someone on the line who we just can't hear. So, until uh, our Rachel can get through, we are not going to be able to take that person. Um, okay. I just wanted to comment about the last caller. It was interesting that you said that the passion that you felt the passion was low for being mm-hmm. a music artist. Now, I know we didn't get into depth with him, but it kind of reminds me of myself when you know I'm I'm an actress. I'm, uh, and I do commercials now, but originally I was an actress doing everything, TV, film, theater. And it, a lot of times it has to do with someone wanting something else, like wanting to be famous, and not necessarily having a passion for the art itself. Mm-hmm. And that's really, it took me a while to figure that out. Like if I had called a psychic maybe when I was, you know, 10 years ago and mm-hmm. said, you know, am I going to be an actress? And someone said to me, the passion's not high enough, I would have argued and said, of course it is. But now I realize really the passion wasn't for acting. <laughs> it was for something, you know, something, as we were talking before, outside of myself, the admiration, being on TV, that kind of thing. Um, and then the type of acting I do now, which is the improv acting, I actually do have a passion for. But what I was doing in the beginning was not, it really probably wasn't my calling. 
Uh, and that very likely could be. Um, uh, 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 from an actor's standpoint, what, what, I know what the difference is, you know, logistically between improv and regular acting, but you say that's really what your passion is. Um, uh, what draws you to that, the improv yeah. stuff that wasn't there in, in the regular acting? Um, Was it creativity? It's the, cre- it's the spontaneous creativity. Uh, yeah. And it's more light. I mean, not that all improv is lighthearted, but the kind that I do usually is. There's probably there's a joke here and there. Um, and it's just, it's really it's the spontaneity, and it's anything can happen at any time. And mm. creative, you're creating, you know, instead of, instead of acting or be, being the part of what someone else created, reading the lines of what someone else wrote. You're creating the character as you go along. So for me, that's just more what what I'm passionate about. But didn't realize it at the time. I needed to go through a lot of avenues to figure that out. But it's yeah, good that you did. there's a different thing between being on television and acting. That's what happens sometimes. A lot of the real actors hate it when they'll take, say, a famous person and put them in a movie pretending to act and play a part, and they really can't play the part because acting is like you're never really known for yourself. You're a certain part, and those are the best actors. And then when they want to get out of it and play another part, sometimes that becomes a real issue. But, like, the best actors, they say, are actually the ones who play the dumb part. Right. Yeah, yeah, because it's hard. You really have to act. You have to remember everything, whereas something that's more straight and serious is, like, closer to real life. Right. But then people confuse them with their character that because they're such good actors that uh, when they want to break out of it, they have trouble, and those are the true actors. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm not really sure if we're having switchboard issues tonight or what because there's we we've had a bunch of callers... Um, some either we can't hear them, they can't hear us, um, we're losing connections. I'm not 100% certain what's going on, but it sort of appears that for tonight our guest is not going to be here because we only have like 14 minutes left for the show anyhow. Um, so hopefully we'll have um, Omar Henry back on another night. Um, in the meantime, if you're trying to get through, we are going to be here for another 10 or 15 minutes you know, keep trying. We apologize if you are experiencing any problems getting through. Um, we've been, you know, trying uh, with Omar, with um, uh, Blog Talk Radio for the past uh, week or two. We've been working with them trying to get this problem resolved. Um, I have been told that Omar Henry is on the phone right now, so we can at least meet him and start the interview, but hopefully we can get him back here another time. Um, All right, let's welcome him. Omar. Hey, what's going on? Hi. Well, we're hey. certainly happy to have you here tonight. Um, we only have like 10 minutes left here, so do you think uh, – definitely I would like to talk to you a little bit and, and um, spend this time since we did, you know, let people know that you were going to be on the show. But is there any chance we can get you on again another time? Yeah, no problem, man. Like I said, it was uh... – it was kind of a timing issue that I forgot that we're on two different time zones, so I really apologize about that for calling in kind of late. No, that's okay. Well, better we're so anxious to... Never. What was that, Dr. Cirillo? I said better late than never. Oh, we're yeah, without now. a doubt. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I've been doing my research on you, and I certainly hear that, you know, uh, you've definitely caught the eye of many people in boxing, and I hear that you're the one to watch. So can you... Tell us a little bit about you, like how you got into boxing, and 
um, you know, I'm hearing this incredible record that you have right now. I think your website said nine, nine and zero, oh, but I think the latest is ten. That you out of the yeah. and eight of those are knockouts. Is that true? Right, right. That's correct. I'm ten and zero oh with eight knockouts now. Wow. So, how did you actually get into boxing? Oh, I got into boxing um, back when I was sixteen, actually. Um, I don't know. Growing up in Chicago, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. So growing up in Chicago, it was like, you know, you got to fight every day. So it was like a natural thing anyway. So not until later on, like when I got like around 16, you know, that's when I decided like, hey, this is like really for me. Like I really want to do this. You know, I watched the HBO fight of Roy Jones Jr. And I was like, man, that's incredible. Like I just was amazed at what he did. And I was like, man, I can do that too. And then from that little, you know, excitement from watching that one fight, it took me now to like, you know, my dreams now. Wow, so is anybody else in your family a professional athlete, or are you the first one? No, I'm the first one that made it, baby. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's yeah, really but cool. we're all athletic. Like, my whole family's athletic, though. You know, we have we have um, gymnastics, basketball, football. You know, we could have had professional athletes, but, you know, everybody got sidetracked, you know. I'm the only one that stayed with it wow. and made it. So, I mean, yeah. how, much time of, how much of a time investment is this? I mean, how much training do you actually do? Oh, my God. Uh, wow. It's a lot. I mean, I started my day off at 530 in the morning. You know, I'm running six miles to eight miles, wow. you know, outside. And um, then from there, I go to the gym for like four or five hours. Then after that, I go to yoga class and I swim for an hour straight. So it's just it's full. My day is full all the time. Oh, my God. It certainly sounds like it is. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, inspiring, it's actually. It is. I'm thinking, like, man, I, I struggle to walk, like, three or four miles a day, and I'm thinking, oh, God, if I could do all you did, I would be so thin. <laughs> um, or I'd be able to eat more, one or the other. Um, you know, I have a question. You know, is it unusual, because I know eight out of your ten are, like, knockouts, and I know some some percentage of these knockouts are, like, first first round knockouts. Is that yeah, unusual? Seven. It sounds like it's unusual. Yeah, it's really unusual, like, in the boxing world because uh, coming up, you know, nobody having, like, a lot of people compare me to, like, to a young Mike Tyson. You know, a lot of people say, man, oh, wow. you're like Mike Tyson is prime, you know, knocking guys out in the first round. And a lot of people, the way I knock guys out is kind of, like, fierce. So they haven't seen, like, the tenacity like and the fierceness that I knock guys out since Tyson. Yeah, so, you know, it's, like, different. So I get a, I have a lot of tension on me, you know, right now, you know, that's because I'm making a lot of noise because, you know, I'm, like, you know. As they say, the next big thing in boxing. <laughs> wow, no, and I've heard that. I mean, actually, I have a friend in the boxing world, and when I mentioned his name, your name to him, I mean, he he basically said that you know you're you're you're, you're like it, that. It's so unusual that somebody with you know just coming up with not that much experience or that many professional bouts you know behind him is getting the kind of praise that you're getting. I mean, people are really noticing. And that seems so different. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, being like, you know, the rookie of the year or something for boxing, yeah. that it's not common to have somebody really getting noticed the way you do. And that's absolutely awesome. I mean, obviously yeah. you're doing something right. I mean, do you, I, <laughs> I heard you say that you're doing yoga. I mean, are you doing any meditations with that or really getting in tune to your inner self? Yeah, well, I'm just doing right now yoga for 24-hour fitness. I don't do any extra. I just do it for like an hour straight for 24-hour fitness. But, you know, it also helps. You know, it's, it's not a lot of boxers that does yoga. I feel like the reason why I'm so successful how I am now is because, 
you know, I um I do more than the what regular boxers do. You know, if you ask a boxer, does he do yoga? He's gonna be like, No, what the you know, that's the common thing, but you know, I always do extra more. I always do I do sprints, I always do extra, I always do more than the rest and I feel like that's why I'm gonna be great one day and that's why I got um, you know, the following behind me now yin because and yang. You you offset the damage or let's say the overdevelopment of some muscles by doing the yoga and the softer kind of things that some boxers might look down on, but that's what gives you that extra edge. Yep, even swimming too. You know, swimming for an hour straight. You know, at six o'clock, it's, it's a lot of boxers doesn't do that. You know. No. When you say an hour straight, I mean you do all these things and don't even you know take like a five minute break. No, no, I'm like in shape. I'm, I'm like very much in shape. So it's like natural. Like when I first started, of course, but now I'm used to it, you know. So it's like it's a straight shot. Like after I'm done, like my whole chest is like feel tight and everything. But, you know, it's all worth it in the end. Well, yeah, it most definitely will be for you. Um, what, are your, what are your dreams and aspirations, Omar? Uh, well, just to become a boxing champion, you know, I'm on my way. I'll probably be fighting for a title probably within the next couple of years, you know, within a year, actually, the way it's going right now. And um, also, later on, after my career is over, I want to get into movies, you know. I want to do a lot of things, you know. Oh, uh, wow. Like, I have a prediction for you. That was one of the things that I've <laughs> written down, and it is to do with movies, and it's sooner than what you think. Do you want me to segue into it right now? <laughs> hey, tell me, baby. I want to know. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, first of all, I actually feel that there's going to be a small part for you, uh, 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 you know, not a movie about you, which I feel will be coming somewhere down the, the pipe for you, but that feels to me to be a, a bit few, you know a bit further in your future. But I feel that there's going to be a movie offer for you. It's not a starring role, but it's a supporting role, and I feel you're going to really blow people away with that. I really, really feel you're going to be doing a phenomenal job with it. This feels to me that it's soon. I mean, I would say within the next you know year or two. It's not that far in the future. What really what I'm getting is 14 to 18 months. Um, almost at the maximum, the offer will come into you. Once you're in that that movie, I mean, you're going to have the opportunity to, you know, diversify somewhat in your career. I'm not saying that you're going to move away from boxing because I really feel that is truly your passion. But the opportunity for um, starring roles and some very, very big, important roles are going to be coming your way within the next several years. This mm. this, this first opportunity for you, like I said, is not that far in the future. Um, and I didn't know when when I came up with this that this was even it. I thought you were going to say, "Oh, I'm not me, but I don't want to do movies," you know. But I mean, <laughs> it's in your future. It, it without a doubt, it's there. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I mean, that's how I've been since I was young. Actually, when I first, uh, it was my dreams first to become an actor. You know, when I was in eighth grade, I voted, I was voted most likely to become an actor. And you know, my mom or my wife said, "You're such an actor," you know, and you know, just you know, my personality, you know, very charismatic and stuff like that. And I always liked it. I always was fascinated with theater arts. So I feel like you know, through boxing, I think that's gonna give me a leverage to do other things, which was you know, acting and different things like that. And and also it helps, you know, having, you know, Hollywood friends, you know what I mean? So without a a doubt. (laughs) Without a doubt. And plus the fact I also see an opportunity coming up for you, and this feels to me to be further along in your career, but it almost feels to me um, like a sports, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say announcer or something, but something. Commentator? Yes, bingo. Oh, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about that as well. Wow, you really are psychic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yes, I, I, I am, really. <laughs> I'm a certified psychic. 
Um, wow. But, but yeah, no, I feel that that is definitely a potential for you. And honestly, these things, the doors are going to start opening for you sooner than what you're expecting. Because I really feel in your energy, even though all these thoughts are going on in your head, I still feel that you sort of have geared yourself towards, you know, having that first title fight and then sort of going in that whole um, progression with becoming a, a, a big name boxer, which I feel you're going to do. I mean, I really, really feel um, you're going to be breaking the mold in a lot of ways with boxing. And I don't fully know what I mean when I say that because I don't know enough about boxing to tell you how you're going to be breaking the mold. But my but my guys are very strongly telling me that. So so in some way you're going to be doing something different or expanding what many other boxers yeah. have done in the past. Um, but again, yeah. some very legitimate acting roles and then, you know, like a sports commentator kind of thing. These opportunities are out there within the next several years for you and will grow and expand as your career grows and expands in other ways. So there's some really exciting times for you. You know, we're kind of running out of time and I definitely want to have you uh, back. And now our good sport is lighting up like crazy. What do we have? Like three minutes left. So yeah, and now we only have three minutes. Our switchboard board is lit up like crazy now because I know callers, um, you know, wanted to talk to you and get an idea of what's going on. So maybe you and Dr. Cirillo could sort of um, work out another good date for everybody, um, and hopefully we can get you back here in the next, you know, maybe the next few weeks or the next month or so. Yeah, I mean, within the next couple of days, it's all good. I mean, I'm ready. I mean, all I really right. appreciate the support. All right, well, I, you know, actually, I don't even think we have a guest scheduled for next Tuesday. Are you available next Tuesday? Let me just check yeah. my calendar before I even say that. Um, okay. Yeah, that would be great because I know people uh, were looking forward to you. I'm saying I hope we could make it, and I love the way Lady did get in your predictions and your future. I said, I hope he's not afraid that he thinks it's something bad. It couldn't possibly be. <laughs> no, no, no she, she hit it correctly. I mean, she put yeah. it, everything she says like right on her dot, from the acting to the commentator, and even with the last thing with breaking a mold with other boxers that I have never done before. You know, I'm already I mean, doing that already kind of in a way. I mean, great to be doing all the things you're doing, but uh, yeah, and it's yeah. more of a sense. I think you, I see you turning it somehow more into a gentleman's sport. If that, yes, if oh, bingo! Sense. I like that. That's really good. And actually, yeah. um, I have some love predictions for you, but they're going to have to wait until you're on the show next time. Um, actually, <laughs> right. next Tuesday would work. Could you be here like 11 p.m. our time, uh, New York time, Eastern time? Yeah, I'm um, I'm Central time. All right, so then so what so is that? 10 p.m. your time. Is that possible? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, all right, so then we'll have you back, and then hopefully all the callers that are called. Would you be able to take some calls with us, too, if people have any questions? Yeah, no problem at all. Um, I promise I'm a humble person, you know. I love all the fan support, you know. I mind taking a picture or call, anything. It's It's all good. All right, because, I mean, we were sitting here with um, just a few callers, and the whole switchboard is going bananas right now. So we only have like <laughs> you see, you look at that, you know, that's that's the blessing right there, man. So You're many right. people, you know, they believe in me, and, you know, they really look up to me, and I love all my fans. I want to thank everybody that's listening right now already, you know, all my fans that's calling in. I thank you all for the support, and uh, thanks for all the love through Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, everything. Thank you all so much. All right, and we can, and we're going to have Omar Henry back here next uh, next Tuesday. What's the date? Is that August third? Uh, I think August third, eleven p.m. Um, hopefully, we can get into a little bit more about what you do. And uh, if you're open to it, I'm going to have more predictions for you. 
Okay, I really appreciate that. Yeah, okay. without a doubt, because like I said, everything you hit was on the on the money so far when it comes to the acting, the commentator, and definitely breaking the mold for other boxers. Because I was just talking about that not too long ago with my manager. Like the stuff that I'm doing even right now, it's like boxers usually don't do from you know just being on TMZ to different things like you know having all this attention known. You know, it's not a lot of boxers that have ten fights that's known all over the world already. I'm known all over the world. It's it's incredible. Wow. I got a lot of support, so you know I'm, I feel like my future is gonna be huge. I'm gonna be huge one day. Well, and I agree. A lot, you much will wider be. audience than just the people that are strict boxing fans. That's what I see. Yeah, exactly. I have a broader audience than you know, just boxing fans only. I mean, just like the psychic said, she knows it. Tell them. <laughs> well, well, next week there'll be more. There'll be a lot more predictions. So stay tuned. I have to run. The show is actually um, over, even though we're extending it a little bit. Um, again, thank you so much, Omar, for being here. We do look forward to talking to you more next week. I just wanted to thank all the callers again for calling in. Please call us back next week. Um, Omar Henry will be here. He'll be taking calls with us, and we're going to be talking more about what he's doing, some of the successes that he's had in the ring, as well as talking a little bit about um, you know, some of the, the, the predictions that I have for him. So, callers, thank you again. I just wanted to thank... Um, my co-host, Dr. Jean Cirillo, Frank Tadaro, Julie Zellman, for all your help, and Rachel, look, thank you, uh, thank you for being um, here and running the switchboard as well as you do. And for those paranormal enthusiasts, please give us a call at 718-508-9285. Um, I'm leaving here in one second. I'm going to be over on The Invisible World co-hosting that show. And don't forget to come see us live Friday evening, August 20th, 7.30 p.m. at the Tank Theater in New York City. Good night, everybody. Next week, Omar Henry back <laughs> here with us. You take care. Thank you again, Omar. All right. Thank you. Right. Thank you, everybody. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.